Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We're continuing our legacy series. Can you say it with me? Legacy. Legacy. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say it after me, but anyway, it's all good. Legacy. And Legacy is our offering on June the 26th, where we give above and beyond our regular tithes and offering. And today, if you're here and you're like, I knew it, the church is all about, they just want our money. Can I just say to you, please come the other 48 weeks a year where we don't talk about uh, money, but you just happen to be here in this period. And it's uh, something that is really important. Legacy is less about what we leave for people and more what we leave in people. Right, like, so we, we kind of think the legacy is an inheritance I'm going to leave for someone, for my child, for a, a friend, for a, 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 a charity. But really what we're saying at Elevation is it's more than what we leave for someone, it's what we leave in someone. And we want to be about leaving in someone a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we believe that if we give above and beyond, we can do that. And so our goal in this series is to help you become the person that God has called you to be, to help you to live a a legacy mindset and not just a legacy for this earth here and now, but also a legacy in eternity as people meet Jesus Christ. Last week, I kicked off the series with a message titled, The Principle of Tithing. It was like people were just jumping out of their seats. They were so excited for me to preach on tithes. You're allowed to laugh, church. Come on, we're allowed to laugh in church. We're allowed to enjoy ourselves in church. And I spoke about tithing. And please, uh, I'm going to summarize, give some points. But I want you to listen to the whole message because there were some nuances in there that you can't really get over me just summarizing it over like a 30-second snippet. But uh, if you want to listen to that, you can see where we stand as a church on tithing. But I gave two points. I said this, tithing giving reveals the heart and tithing giving says God you are in control. And you know what? When we give, it reveals our heart. And when we give to God, we say, God, you are in control of my life, not my bank account. And so if you missed that message, I'd really appreciate, uh, you can go onto our YouTube channel, our podcast, and listen to that today. Let's pray. God, we just thank you this morning. We've already experienced your presence. I thank you that you continue to speak to us. Holy Spirit, today, I just pray right now, God, that you would anoint these words as I bring your scripture in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, I am so glad that I'm in church this morning. There are about 500 verses in the Bible that talk about faith. There's about another 500 verses in the Bible that talk about prayer, but there are approximately 2,000 verses in the Bible that speak about money and possessions. And in fact, Jesus in the parables that he gives, I think he does about 38 parables, 16 of them speak about money. And so to me, that means that we need to have a a biblical reorientation about how we view finances and how we see our possessions. See, giving is not just a financial matter, it's also a spiritual matter. See, giving is, is a spiritual matter. It involves our heart. It involves our spiritual knowledge of Scripture. It involves our spiritual capacity to have faith in God and to step out into faith as we, as we give and, and believe in His invisible powers. In fact, in Proverbs 11.24, it says this. If you have your Bibles, please turn there. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. It says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, 
the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. It says that those who help others, see it doesn't say the rich, it doesn't say the intelligent, it doesn't say, uh, you know, the people who are more educated or who are lucky. It says that those who are generous, God blesses. He blesses their lives. It says that those who are generous, He helps. Have you, has, has anyone here ever been to the gym? Any people here who go to the gym right now? You go to the gym because, you know, maybe you're going to the gym to tone up. But, you know, if you're a guy, a lot of times you go to the gym is because you want to get muscles, right? Like you want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, anyone like that? I remember when I was 18, I, I wanted to be buff and huge. And, well, I'm huge now, but not quite the way I wanted to be, you know, like if I, if I stop breathing in my stomach. But, you know, we, 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 our muscles, you've got to exercise them to get larger and larger. If you want your bicep muscles to get bigger, you've got to put pressure on them. You've got to exercise them. You've got to use them. And generosity is just like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the more you use it, the bigger your generosity muscle gets. Uh, Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole says this. He says, life is lived on levels that arrived at in stages. Each new stage requires more of me than I want to give. Yet the more given, the more gained. And it's just like that with our time, with our gifts, and with our money. The more we give, the more we gain in our lives. Uh, think about the first time that God maybe spoke to you about forgiving someone. Can, can you think about that? Maybe you're a new Christian and someone said something to you or you're carrying some hurts from the past. Maybe you're, you're a mature Christian and, 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 and someone just did something. But think about when God first asked you, to do forgiveness. It was probably something smaller. But as you journey in your faith, as you move to new levels of faith, as you move to new levels of understanding God and the Holy Spirit being around your life, you discover that there is a deeper of level of forgiveness that is needed. There's a deeper level. It's the same with stress and pressure. Think about what used to overwhelm you doesn't. Think about what used to cause you stress or anxiety in your life doesn't. Because as you move to new levels, it takes bigger things to challenge you in your life. And see, the only way to get to new levels of generosity for it to get larger in our lives is to be generous. To be generous. Like you're not going to wake up one day and be a hugely more generous person than you were yesterday without there being some small levels, some small increases in your life where you've said, God, I want you to move upon me. I want to be a generous person. So then you change and over time you become this amazingly generous person. Deuteronomy 15 verse 10, give freely and spon spontaneously. Don't have a stingy heart. You guys are probably like, man, what Bible version is this? I'm reading out of the message today. It says, the way you handle matters like this triggers God. You're God's blessing in everything you do, all your work and ventures. There are always going to be poor and needy people among you. So I command you, always be generous, open purse and hands. Give to your neighbors in trouble, your poor and hurting neighbors. This scripture says that our generosity triggers God's generosity towards us. Here's the amazing thing, church. Even before we knew God, 
even before we loved God, even before we had faith in God, God was incredibly generous to us by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. And come on, if anyone believes that today, I think we should give God some praise right now for His Son, Jesus Christ. God is a generous God. There's a story in the New Testament that talks about, that is a great illustration, illustration for generosity. In John 12, verse 1, uh, it goes like this. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with fragrance. It reminds me of my house sometimes on a Saturday night when Gab anoints my feet with perfume. <laughs> now that doesn't happen. I mean, it's more like what I do for Gab's feet. That's, I do that. Mary and Martha, they're having this party. And they've put this party on. And, and it's not just any ordinary party. It's a party to honor Jesus. Uh, their son, uh, their brother, Lazarus, Jesus has risen him from the dead. And they want to praise Jesus. They want to honor him in this party. The, the whole focus of this party, of this dinner, is to, is to honor Jesus and the power of him in him that raised Lazarus from the dead. And there's delicious food and there's drinks and there's music playing in the background. Maybe there's, you know, like all these different types of uh, musicians there. And there's uh, different types of guests uh, you might say the party was off the chain. There's some music happening right now. It was off the chain. And, and Martha is expressing her love by serving. There's another story in the Bible that talks about Martha serving and preparing all the food. And she just loves to serve people. And maybe today that's you. You're, you're a person who loves to serve. And that's how you express your love. And, and uh, there's, there's Mary. And she's expressing her love by anointing Jesus. And they're, they're both exercising their generosity muscle. They're both being generous of themselves. Giving to Jesus what they have and all that they have. And then there's this jar of nard. And it's an expensive Perfume. If you go to Chadson today and you go up to the top level, you can go to one of those stores there and buy a, a jar of nard. And um, I don't know if you can or not, but anyway, it was really expensive. The, the Romans apparently used to import it from India, and it was very expensive perfume. It's likely the whole family had to pull their resources together to afford this uh, this perfume. It was maybe a family heirloom. We don't know, but what we do know is that a jar of nard, twelve. Uh, ounces of nard was probably worth about a year's wage. So think about whatever it is that you earn in one year. That's probably about how much this perfume was, how expensive it was. And I'm thinking to myself, that's a really expensive like anniversary present or Valentine's present, right, guys, to give to your wife or to your partner. Really expensive. And so this is a generous act by Miriam. This is generosity. Continues on. Verse 4, but Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Verse 6, not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he would often, he would often steal some for himself. He often stole some for himself. Judas, he, he brings up this point. He's saying, hey, we could have done something else with this money, but... 
the fact of the matter is he's not bringing it up because he, he, because he, he, he really cares about you know, what he wants to do. He's got ulterior motives. But see, the party was about generous and honoring Jesus Christ. And he, he, he doesn't care about the food that was there. He doesn't care about the musicians or... He doesn't care about the different guests or that they were honoring Jesus. The only thing he doesn't care about, he doesn't, none of those things are an issue for him. The issue for him, though, was was when Mary was generous by her financial contribution that she gave to Jesus. So I want to look today at three things that I'm calling that are enemies of generosity. Say it with me three enemies of generosity. If you're taking notes, write this right. Uh, today. Number one, focusing on what you're losing. Three enemies of the gospel. Number one, focusing on what you're losing. Today, let's be like really honest and real in church this morning, okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, I'm going to lead the way. There have been times in my life where I have looked at the generosity of myself and my wife to, to, in our giving, in our tithing, in our legacy, in, in giving to charities over the years. And there are some charities that we have given to 20 years cons- consecutively, faithfully. And I've, and I've looked at it and I've thought to myself, as I've added it up in my mind, wow, look at everything that I've missed out on. And you guys, there's all these shocked looks on your faces like you've never done it yourself. Like, let's be real, right? Like, Let's be real, and, and, and I know at times where, where, I've, where I've said something, you know, maybe I said something to Gab, I thank God that she's always said, hey, bro, don't, let's not look at that. We're generous people. We're going to keep being generous. We're going to keep giving. We're going to keep doing those things. Who knows? You found a good thing when there's someone in your life to just give you a bit of a slap now and again to put you back on the straight and narrow to say we're generous people, Bronson. Let's keep doing this. And Judas, he says, that's a year's wages. It's like, Jesus, don't you know what we could have spent that on? We could have used that for something else. We could have, we could have used that. Look at what we're losing. And today, yes, the car tires need changing. Like I was speaking to someone the other day and they need to... They went to the, to the mechanic and, and the two tires were bored and the four tires is like X amount of dollars and, and the car tires need changing. And yes, the, our hair needs coloring, you know, and the kids have to go to camp and there's a new outfit that we want to buy, ladies or guys, you know, whatever you, what your deal is. Or there's a weekend trip that we could have gone, gone away on it. And it goes on and on and on. And it's very easy to say, Look what I'm losing by being a generous person. But here's what we need to know. Generosity never loses. It never loses. Like, like I don't care if we never see any result from our generosity on this side of eternity or if God abundantly pours out His blessings on us and we are just amazingly blessed by God, whether we see nothing or we see something on this earth, it doesn't matter because we believe our generosity is having an impact on the world around us. See, generosity is at the heart of God. It's at the heart of who we are as a people. It's at the heart of who we are as a church, as Elevation Church. Generosity is at our heart. 
Three enemies of the gospel. Number one, focusing on what we're losing. Number two, hiding behind self-righteousness. Come on, say it with me. Hiding behind self-righteousness. Judas continues and he says to Jesus, Jesus, we could have sold this and we could have given it to the poor and the needy. And I hear this a lot, especially when it comes to how the church spends its money or or how other people are spending their money. And and here's what you need to know. Don't get me wrong. Here's what you need to know. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I fully believe that as well. I fully believe that as a church, we need to be wise stewards of our finances. And here at Elevation Melbourne West, we are always very aware that any finances that this church has is because of the generous tithing and the generous offering, offerings and givings and, and giving that people have done in this place. And so we are very wise with how we spend any money. We make wise decisions. We think about are we honoring God? Are we honoring people's generosity when we spend our money? In addition to that, we do give money away to different charities and different organizations to reach the needy. In fact, this church has given in excess of over $400,000 away to missions over the years. So we're all about missions. We're all about helping the needy and those uh, who need to be helped financially. Last year, we gave away 17% of our legacy offering to missions and to those people in needy and to, those, and to people overseas in all different areas. And next week, we're going to outline this year what our missions giving is going to be, the organizations, the people that we are partnering with to see people reached for Jesus. I'm excited about some of those different people, and we're going to talk about that next week. But the reality is, if we talk about legacy today, the reality is the majority of our legacy offering is going to remain inside the four walls of this church. And I don't shy away from that, and we're not hiding that. And if that, if you say we should be giving more than 17% of our legacy offering away to the needy, we should be giving 30 or 40 or 50. And and if you feel self-righteous or indignant that we're not giving more away, can I say this in a very loving manner, in a very caring manner that, that says that I love you? Can I just say this? You, you can give to our legacy offering and then you can also personally give to the needy and those, those out there who, are in cha- who need charities. Like it's not one or the other. Like can I say to you in, in all honesty, like if, if you're saying the church should be doing more, can I say this? You can, you can give to the church and guess what? You can also yourself give to the needy and the charities. Right? Like, like, it's not just the church that has to do that. Like, you can do that if you're, if you're like, I hear people upset. We're not doing more. Well, you're not doing much either. Like, yeah, so like, let's, we're in this together. Let's do this together. And so, so we give to charities. We give to other organizations outside of the church, Gab and I. And so as a church, we can give to Legacy. And we can also give to those other people out there. If we feel God moving us in an area to the needing, nothing is stopping us. Enemies of the gospel, one, focusing on what you're losing, and two, hiding behind self-righteousness. Number three, greed. An enemy of the gospel, greed. Want to know the real reason that Judas was upset? said it in verse 6. He was upset because he was greedy, and he used to take some of the money that used to come in 
to the disciples. And if I was to ask people to put their hand up right now, if I was to say, church, I'm going to ask you a question right now, and I want you to put your hand up if that is you. If I was to say right now, are you, if you were a greedy person, put your hand up, I reckon no one is going to put their hand up. Like, no one is going to put their hand up to say that. And yet, if we're being honest, in all of us, every single one of us, to some degree, there is a little bit of greed inside all of us. Like, if you were to go in front of the mirror to look at yourself, you, you would find that there is a little bit of greed in our hearts that we struggle with, just like Judas himself struggled with. See, for a greedy person, things, stuff equals life. Uh, their stuff is an extension of who they are, and fear is their driving force. Acquiring and maintaining everything they have provides a sense of security to their greed desires. But as Christians, our security is not in what we have externally. Our security is what we have internally, our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our strength. That's our security. That's our assurance. So we look to Jesus, not to our greed instead. See, the Bible talks many times on greed and this way of doing life. In Ecclesiastes 5.10, says this, Those who love money will never have enough. Have you ever noticed that, guys? There's never enough. Maybe it's because we love money too much. Hebrews 13.5, Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. If there's something that you want to plant your life on to be the foundation of your life, can I say this? Faith in God, not your bank account. That's what the scriptures say. Proverbs 15, 27, greed brings grief to the whole family, but those who hate bribes will live. The keys could come this morning. That'd be great. Today's consumer-driven society, it's all about accumulating. It's all about getting things. It's all about wanting more. It's all about having things. And, and, and it really makes our heart vulnerable to greed. Like the, the, the environment we live in, let's be real this morning, the environment that we are in affects our lives. And so the environment that we are in in society today, and you don't have to look very far to see these messages. The newspaper. Does anyone read newspapers anymore? No, I don't think so. Magazines, social media, uh, YouTube, uh, uh, TV, the radio, and all these messages that are telling you you're missing out because you don't have X, Y, Z. All these messages that say to you that you're missing out because you don't have ABC. These are the messages that come around us. And in Luke 12, 15, Jesus addresses this, this issue. He says this, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Guard against every kind of greed. Like I'm preaching to myself this morning. I am just as susceptible as, as anyone else to be caught up in greed, wanting more, thinking it's going to validate my life, thinking it's going to make me feel better, it's going to fill a niche, fill a hole in my life. Jesus said, guard against every kind of grief. Life is not measured by how much you own. And I feel like the older you get, the more you realize that. Maybe not, but I feel like when I was younger, my life was so much about what am I going to get in my life? And now as I'm getting older, I'm just like, hey, those things don't matter as much. Look, I'm not saying I don't want anything, but I'm just saying, Jesus, I want more of you. 
I want more of you in my life. And, and if I could just pause for a moment and speak to our young ones today and maybe also to our old ones, but, you know, our young ones today, please don't get caught up on the trap that thinking if you have more in life, you're going to have more of life. Don't get caught up in a trap to think that if I can just have what everyone else has, what everyone else is doing, that I'm going to be filled, more fulfilled in my life, that I'm going to feel like I've arrived, that I'm going to feel like I've made it. You're not. Can I instead point you to Jesus? Can I instead point you to the Holy Spirit and His presence around our life? Can I instead point you to Jesus' Word and says, hey, life is not measured by, by how much you own. Greed is a sin that we're blind to. If, if, if we steal, if we lie, if we cheat, like that's obvious, right? Like if you're stealing, you know that you're stealing. If you're lying, you know that you're lying. If you're cheating, you know that you're cheating you, and those kinds of things. But greed has a way of hiding itself from us when we look in the mirror. And it's not until someone gets up and starts to talk about tithing or it's not until someone gets up and starts to talk about a legacy offering that we feel the head of greed start to rear its head up and say, oh, I don't like this. Or I'm going to come back in four weeks' time when the message series is about something else. Or, you know, I don't like this challenge. But you know what? Just as much as greed has an opportunity to, to rise up inside of us at this time, you know what else has an opportunity to rise up inside of our hearts? Generosity. Just as much as, you know, we can push back, there's just as much an opportunity if we are generous people for us to lean in and something with inside our heart, generosity, say, hey, God, I can be part of that. Hey, God, I want to live that way. Hey, Jesus, I want to lead in to generosity and not greed. See, greed always finds an excuse. Generosity always finds a way. Greed always finds an excuse. Generosity always finds a way. It is so easy at times in my life to find excuses for different things. And I'm not even talking about finances or money this morning. Excuses. You know, someone wants to catch up. It's like, oh man, I've seen 20 people this week. Another person is like, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to find an excuse. But generosity finds a way. Today, I pray that we would be a people that lean into being generous. Not just with our money, but with our time, with our gifts, with our forgiveness, with our love, with our wisdom, with our prayers, with our encouragement, that we would lean in, that we say, God, I want to be generous in all areas of my life, that we would say, God, make us a generous people. God, make us a generous church. Three enemies of the gospel focusing on what we're losing, hiding behind self-righteousness and greed. Church, this week, I want us all to do something as we leave here today shortly. I want us to ask God. I want to ask this week if you spend time in your devotions with God this week. If, you know, maybe that's not something that you do regularly in your life. I want to ask you this week when you wake up in the morning. I want you to ask God, God, would you reveal to me if there, are any, if there are any enemies of, the God, of, the, of generosity in my life, would you seek God and say, God, if there is, would you replace it with generosity instead? And it's a simple prayer. God, today, in my life, if there are any enemies of generosity, show it to me, God. Make me a generous person.
It's as simple as that. God, today, if I have an opportunity to be generous and I don't want to, God, reveal it to me and help me to be generous instead. I'd love for us to do that this week, church, to, to seek God, to ask Him, to let it, uh, generosity overflow in our life. See, what happens is as we're generous, God moves in our life. As we're generous, God changes us. You know, it's like our muscle gets bigger. The generosity muscle gets bigger. It gets bigger in our lives. It gets bigger in our lives. And then we're being generous people. We're reaching people for Jesus. I want to share just briefly on our Legacy 2022 offering. Last week we, t- we talked about uh, the first area that we are giving towards, which is our uh, heart, which is church planting. We're all about church planning at Elevation Church. We believe we need more churches in our city of Melbourne, uh, in the nation of Australia, uh, in the world. And so uh, we're about giving money to other churches as they go out and plant uh, into communities and reach people for Jesus. Uh, This week, I want to speak about our home, which is our building. This is the other area that we're giving towards. And so the home of Elevation Church uh, is this, this building that we're in. But you know what? The real home is you people. The real church is you people. But here's what we are, we'd like to do this year, uh, this coming year through our legacy offering. Because I think it's important that we let you know where uh, the money is going to be spent. Firstly, we're going to meet some operating expenses. Um, this building is expensive to lease. And so we need to put some money towards uh, enabling us to do that. We want to install an alarm system with cameras. Please, no one come down here during the week now that you know there's no alarm and kick the door in and steal everything. <laughs> Start an alarm. Uh, you know, maybe we need to... Uh, no, it doesn't matter. Rub that bit out from YouTube on the live stream. Anyway, uh, we want to fit a door in between uh, the, uh, the auditorium and the warehouse out the back here. Uh, we want to fit out the church office. We want to repaint the lines in the church car park so that when you're parking your cars, you know where to park them. I think there's a car out there today parked in two car parks. We want to fix those lines. We want to get a new coffee grinder for the cafe. Apparently coffee's important in Melbourne. Well, I don't know. We want to put up some blinds in the foyer to deal with some of the heat that we have in summer from the sun. We, we want to create an environment at, at Elevation Church to inspire intimacy with Christ, relationship with others, influence in our world. We want to create a place where you can be proud to bring your friends and families to meet Jesus Christ. So those are the areas we want to give to Uh, in our legacy offering. This is our home. This is our legacy. So I know Pastor Gabby already shared it, but in front of you is the legacy pledge card. A couple of things I would like you to do this week. If you could put that on your fridge, put it on your mirror, put it on your desk, wherever it is that you go past, wherever it is that you spend a significant amount of time, just put it there and let it speak to you. Like just let that card speak to you. And then the second thing I want you to do is just to be praying, just asking God, hey, what does legacy mean for me? Uh, what, what, God, what does legacy mean for me? Like, how do I want to leave a legacy for and in people to reveal a legacy for you? Then thirdly, I want you to pray about how God might be asking you to join us in our legacy offering. And, and I want to be really clear here this morning. There's no obligation to be part of this. But if you do feel God leading you to, we would greatly appreciate you to join with us. But just to ask God, hey God, how how do you want me to give? And so be praying about that. Every time you see that pledge card, just say, hey God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? Couples pray together as couples. 
And then fourthly, on Sunday the 26th of June, bring your legacy offering. And as we've already said, it might be something you want to give on the day or something you want to give uh, over the months that are coming ahead, the weeks and months coming ahead. Uh, do that as well. But the biggest thing I want you to do is just to be listening to the Holy Spirit during this season as He speaks to you, during this, this season of legacy. Let's pray. God, this morning, we just thank you today, Lord.